0: you're listening to the blender animation studio podcast brought to you by the blender cloud are you suffering from artistic relationship problems shake it off on the cloud Go to cloud.blender.org. Joining us today is Pablo Vasquez. Hola. Francesco Sidi. Hey. Sivrin Stuvel. Hello. Andy Gorolczyk. Hello. And I'm Hefti Helmerson, but
1: I won't be here. And here's your host, Francesco! Oh my God, thank you so much. It's so great to be back for uh, Blender Animation Studio Podcast number 58. Today we celebrate uh, a lot of things. And uh, before we get uh, uh, into that... Um, Who are you again? Uh, yeah, I yeah, I don't know anymore. I am a you're back citizen from California <laughs> visiting the Netherlands. can tell by the accent yeah. <laughs> <laughs> California um, Yeah, last week, actually two weeks ago because time flies, um, we went to Seagraph. We mentioned this a few times uh, in the previous podcasts and uh, Seagraph actually happened and um uh, it was in the los angeles convention center in la in california in the united states in the north america and uh it was a great experience as uh, always every time we go there is slightly different and um you know we can yeah uh, I, I can give you a very quick uh summary of the things that happened there the main one was that I mean it, it was great as always we had a uh, we had a booth there so it's uh, you know the best moment to get in touch with people and meet uh, people users from the community and also meet professionals and people that are interested in Blender that always happens and the thing that I found uh, uh, you know the most remarkable is how this trend of getting better and better connections with these people uh, gets over the years so there are always, you know, people that come there that have never seen Blender before that have no idea and that ask, how do you guys make money? But uh, on the other hand, the amount of users and professionals that actually know Blender that have been using it also in studios or companies, and they just drop by to say hello or that they just come by to see what's what's next or just like, they come by to, to, you know, to see us in person because they follow what Blender is doing even if they don't use it directly, but they're really seriously thinking about it. And for them, it's such a nice certainty to go there and see. Oh, okay, I can actually see people, you know? Like, this is not just some internet bubble mm-hmm. that is happening somewhere, but it's really um, a project with, with people that are making it. It's And, you know, they need a bit of uh, re- reassurance about that. And the fact that we can make that happen, It's uh, it was really rewarding. So... The booth was also very packed, I heard. At all times. And uh, the most eye-catching thing was, of course, the Eevee demos. Like, there was some 2.8 hype going on there. Hashtag PBR. Hashtag so many. Like, everybody (laughs) was... You know, we had these computers there uh, demoing some fantastic scenes uh, provided by uh, awesome you know, community members that just uh, worked out these, these great, great designs and uh, you would just uh, have Blender there and people would think it's a render and then you move it around and everybody was like, whoa, <laughs> every mm. time, it never failed. <laughs> like there were a couple of scenes, you would just have them there and people would think it's a picture and then, yeah, it's actually the viewport. Uh, so that got uh, a lot, a lot of people very excited. And, um, you know, and all, of course, the other 2.8 features we could demo, uh, we, we were showing them off. And, uh, of course, also anticipating Blender uh, 2.79, the upcoming release. And, um, yeah, but it was, uh, it was, it was great to, to be able to also share that. And uh, there was uh, some... Um, Demo time scheduled in the booth. So every day, uh, four or five people would give uh, demos. Jonathan Williamson from CG Cookie was there demoing modeling, and Hjalti uh, was there demoing some animation. JTA from the SoCal Blender uh, user community was there demoing the fracture modifier, and this was going all, all day long basically. So there was always something interesting to so, see.
0: But, but did you see any uh, the, like the rest of the graph? Because you were you were all just hanging out on a trade show all the time, right?
1: Well, yeah. This, uh, it, 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 of course, you know, took some time to walk around and see what's happening, and uh, there was a lot of Blender around in the different places. Of course, AMD, which had a gigantic booth, was uh, featuring Blender in uh, computers and demos, and uh, the same was also for Nvidia and uh, Intel. They had uh, the Caminandas train there uh, as part of a demo for their own render engine. So mm. it was very nice to see it. Totally didn't it's, uh, expect uh, your
0: train. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> great.
1: Oh, well, yeah, but it, it was so funny because it was just, yeah, there. And they just took it and did something with it. Um, and, you know, other uh, you would just see sometimes at random Blender assets or open movie assets uh, like it, like uh, always. But uh, it's getting bigger and bigger. So that was that was fun, and uh, there were of course a lot of interesting talks happening. Couldn't get to see uh, many because I was working there at the at the trade show. But uh, Sergey actually had a real uh, you know attendee pass, and he went and got a culture and got connected with other people that do uh, his kind of work. So it was a awesome uh, it was an awesome experience also for him. And uh, we did a presentation. We did our presentation about pipeline one day, and that was that was also cool. Wait a second, right? I forgot. That's like right after Weta, Weta Digital. Yeah, so Weta was talking about how they made their render farm. Uh, they have kind of different requirements than what we have because of the size of their company and you know the the amount of work they have to do. But it was interesting to see that the problems they have are the same. And usually, the problem that all these giant companies have that we don't have that much is the legacy they have to fight. So the final slide from the Weta presentation was how proud they were they were able to get the company to adopt the new render farm. It only took them one year and a half. So they had this graph that was showing the adoption of the new system, and it was just going over a year. So like one of the main takeaways from them was like, be persistent because it's going to pay off in the end. <laughs> so yep. if you make a new tool, that's only half of the job. The other half is to actually get the people to use it. And when you have such a big company, it's, uh, many, like, yeah, that's, that must be like, yeah, of of pe- yeah thousands of people, yeah, thousands of, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, hundreds of artists that are working with that. So they but they got it to work so that was of course you're know, like oh, wow uh then there was a uh, uh, a presentation from uh, mpc that was a bit more esoteric about uh, yeah how they built a system that collects all sorts of data about the behavior of people while they're working in a production especially with their production management software so how did they commit how did they communicate and then trying to predict what people are doing and in the end You know that that presentation was really a bit theoretical. They didn't really; it was really structured as a paper. They they didn't implement much. Uh, They would take advantage of what they were learning from those data sets. But one thing that I found interesting was uh, they gave an example of machine learning on these data sets. So what they could do was given a a bunch of you know data like commit messages and uh, uh, other things. He would be able to look for some keywords and uh, categorize and group these keywords together, and also then overlap people on top of that. So you would know for a certain user in an organization what kind of in what kind of area he was. Because depending on his conversation, you would know that he was talking about lighting, or that he was talking about compositing, or that he was talking about animation. And then you would see where these people were really spending their time, and how they were really laid out compared to what they should be doing, what they were actually doing. So if you have an animator that is supposed to do animation, but is always committing things uh, or checking in things that are about layout, Mm -hmm. then there is something that is not matching there, right? So, and then on top of that, they were also planning to collect, you know, they have a chat system. So to get also that data. So basically then you can see what people are doing. Hey, you're talking about this thing, but you're really supposed to do something else. Mm -hmm. So it was like the big brother of, Wow. Well,
0: and, and, and here we are just at lunch talking about, uh, I had to spend four hours trying to get the mesh cage to work instead of animating or something like that.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Here you can just ask people.
1: Yeah. So it was, uh, it was a bit creepy, but I think that's you know the direction where they're going to really find out this information. And uh, after that, there was a presentation from Double Negative that showed how they do crowds. Mm -hmm. and uh you know the tricks they do to have a one million uh you know agents crowd in in their in their scene and these tools that they have that are really really simple and how they try to make them better and and you know i was also giving some demos and showing these incredible shots from also game cinematics or movies (laughs) and you know you had this scene with like 100 thousands of people and then in the breakdown, you would see them, and then you see them disappear behind buildings, behind <laughs> fog, behind because there's a big shot with this city swooping by. So it's just tiny little ants that are there. I don't know, seventy percent you don't even see them anymore. But they like, well, promise they're there, and and you know hmm. when you see the breakdown, and and that that made me wonder a little bit how, like if there is a better way to do this all together because the amount of time and resources and render time that you have to spend to get all those people there, and then you don't see half of them where, you know, it
2: didn't feel right. A oh, good, good crowd system should be able to optimize that with a level of detailing, right? Like, depending on where the camera is and whether you can see the character at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they, you know, they, they
1: do lots of things. But in the end, you know, they because they want to make this crowd look realistic, they have to spend time thinking about it. Like, why would you put people in that street if then you don't even see it? But, you know, it's, it's the process is... Uh, it's, that's how it is. Yeah. So and after that we showed our Blender pipeline <laughs> and explained that you know instead of having complicated tools we do everything with Blender and people laughed, but uh, they didn't laugh at us. They were just like, okay, that's another way to go about it. And um, I think it went overall quite okay. And I'm uh, very happy that we did it. Um, yeah. So that was pretty much Siggraph. And one uh, more highlight basically uh during during that time when we were when we were there in uh, in California, a few days after Seagraph, me, Colin Levy, and Hjalti um went to the Walt Disney Animation Studios to do a presentation of Agent 327. Ooh. And that was a very that was very cool because you know we had a screening room and we were we showed the movie and uh had a little Q&A with the people that were like maybe 30, 40 people or so oh. in the in the room and nice. they were all you know uh, I was asking okay who's there like are you guys technical artists or developers so it was a bit of a mix so we got different kind of questions about you know uh, both on the artistic side like decisions about why the agent looks like that or why why mm-hmm. it you know certain things happen in the story how did they how did we manage to get it the way it was and also curiosity questions about blender
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so after that, we had a little tour, which was awesome to see the new Disney because they, uh, they did some refactoring inside, like they changed the furniture and <laughs> upgraded <laughs> it a little bit uh, in, the past, in the past year. So it was nice to see, uh, you know, this, how, how a modern animation studio looks like. And uh, then we met up with a few people and kept talking about Blender and Pipeline. So it was uh, a very, uh, very good visit. So it was a bit of a highlight of the trip, I think.
0: But there, nobody is actually using Blender for anything.
1: No, right? not, not that they know. Not officially, at least. Hmm. So They might have it on a USB <laughs> stick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that, that, that was... A, but, you know, they, they very well know that it exists. And they know it can do stuff. Nice. That's great. <laughs> like, that's, a, that's already, you know... And they maybe think about it. But in those organizations with that size really change as i was saying also for that presentation from uh, from weta it changes really hard so it really needs a big commitment on many levels mm-hmm. but yeah we will see maybe next year or in the following years the important thing is really is to be consistent that's valid also for blender as a project like always be out there and um and show you know the, the progress and the development, and 2.8 in that sense like is already building up, like and hopefully next year for the next year there will be 2.8 out there. Yeah, must so be. I'm really curious to see what's you know the reaction, what the reaction is going to be. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was the last uh, it was you know in total two weeks in, uh, in the sunny California, and it was great, and uh, it's also great to be back to do actual work
2: mm-hmm.
1: and enjoy the sun. In Amsterdam. Yeah, today's sunny, (laughs) so I totally enjoy. I can't complain. So what about you guys? What have you been doing in the past past week, in the past two weeks? Andy? Well, I have been working on dweebs.
0: Um, Still, I mean, right now it's a bit different because Hjalty is not... He has finished most of the animation. So uh, right now I'm waiting for him basically to finish the rig of the little girl character you might have seen on the cloud. Um, I I modeled her. And she's basically just going to be seen from the neck down. So she's going to feed the dog with uh, some dog food container that I also modeled, which was fun, like to do some kind of retro uh, um, graphics design. Um, And uh, yeah, so Heltie is going to rig her... Body and everything in a basic way, and then hopefully we'll go. Uh, we're gonna have cloth simulation actually done on it. Mm-hmm. So everything in the mesh is already capable of doing that, and then we can just um, test our <laughs> awesome cloth pipeline yeah. by just sending the stuff over to Luca, and we'll get it, get it back in Alembic, and just put it in shot. And um, yeah, so I just did some. Background tweaks, um, nothing special, really, because most of the look of the shot is is already there, and we don't we ha- have only this one shot, really, that we have to worry about. So it's going to be super quick, and then by December, by the end of the, did I say December? <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> I was like, uh, hopefully wait. before, but mm. yeah, maybe it's going. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so by the end of September, yeah, uh, we'll hopefully have it done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, awesome. with the sound design everything and the music. Who's going to make the music? Uh we have uh one guy lined up who is uh, uh who's meeting with Hjalti in Iceland yeah. on the weekend. Oh. Uh he did the music for uh, Glass Half. Uh right. super promising and also the the agent animation test in 2011 yeah and uh so hopefully he's gonna be on board. he's super awesome, and then uh we have to do some sound stuff and
1: yeah that that's it yeah yeah that's all to be confirmed, but I mean we have uh you know lots of cool people that uh that can do that, so that's uh i mean yeah <laughs> what <laughs> why do you look at me? <laughs> I'm not going to do anything. Uh, all right, well, but you keep posting stuff on the cloud, so yeah, people definitely. can see the renders and everything. I wanted to ask you something. Um, since you know the, the dweebs is not uh, that crazy uh, of a production in terms of a number of shots, uh, yeah. um, have you thought about having a full Alembic uh, pipeline for it? Um, so for the character, for example, for the sure. characters? Yeah, I mean, we, we thought about it. And
0: it might be uh, a possibility. The problem is really. Like first, you have to ask yourself why.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, we can just test it piping like piping the animation into a lambic and then that's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But um, the like then you can also just drop the the group into uh, into the lighting file and then render it. I mean, it's basically the same thing. Like there is no real need for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Except maybe for post uh, tweaks on uh, on the mesh in animation, but there's not really any pipeline or any solution to do that because you can't sculpt on Alembic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After the fact, you have to make a complicated array with uh, lattices and uh, and deformers and that kind of stuff, and then uh, it gets a bit more tedious to work with mm-hmm. so but we we really have to see I mean Kyoti is spending so much time crafting every single frame and um, uh, he's gonna make the floorboards bend when the big rooster comes in and all that kind of stuff and then we have to do some fluid animation um, and uh, some some rigid, rigid body simulation for the dog food that comes out of a con- container or maybe he's just gonna animate it by hand
1: Yeah, but, uh, but yeah but yeah, it was just There's, a curiosity because I think it's always, you know, nice to have some in-house tests of how that pipeline might work, but it all depends on the time indeed and definitely, the visibility. Yeah. For, for the cloth, it's always good. It's to it's, have that it's or, very
0: good for the cloth, but also, I mean, we can definitely try it, but um, I'm just thinking like in terms of space, like for example, the dog goes through almost uh, a blender unit of space. So you need a lot of lattices to, you know, to def- if you want to tweak some deformation or something like that in, in each frame, you need a lot of but, different would, lattices and stuff.
2: Would you then to, load the Alembic and then try to tweak that with lattices?
0: Yeah, that's what I would mm. do if we were using Alembic at all. But by now, it's very unlikely. But how, how else would you manipulate the Alembic?
2: Manipulate the original file, then re-export the file to Alembic. And then you have a new Alembic.
0: Yeah, right. But that, that's not really the point. Like, the point is, why? Uh, what do you use Alembic for in the first place? Like, for example, sculpting or doing animation tweaks on top of the Alembic and that kind of stuff.
2: So, you know, well, having... I cannot, but yeah, but I can also imagine that it's faster to load the deformed mesh from Alembic than it is to recompute the entire rig. Probably. I don't know how heavy oh, the, these rigs are. The rigs the...
0: are really, really light.
2: Yeah. So light. So th- then it doesn't really make much sense. But if you have a heavy rig, Mm -hmm. then it becomes much faster to load it from Alembic. And then it makes sense to actually use it, I think. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah,
1: cool. Yeah, awesome. And and then Pablo. Hi. Hello. (coughs) Yes, hello. (laughs) Yes. Been sick for like two weeks. Mm. So that was one accomplishment. Any other noteworthy (laughs) (laughs) accomplishments?
3: Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't claim victory yet. I'm still kind of sick. Okay. Um, no, same as last week. Mm-hmm. Last week, I... Last week, last two weeks ago, I was talking about the release logs page. And uh, this week, I'm working on the 2.8 release logs
1: page. Because 2.8 is going to be released? What? <laughs> <laughs> there will be pre-release notes.
3: No, basically, um, we are lacking a place that is not the wiki, mm-hmm. <laughs> that like placing blender.org where you could just go and, and see everything uh, and, and have like one half for everything 2.8. So where are the weekly reports? Okay, here. Where are the, the the videos from Eevee, the best videos from Eevee, for example? Where can I get, where can I download Blender 2.8? Where can I uh, get demo files, for example? Well, all of that is spread across <laughs> Yeah, and even the, across code.blender.org, builder.blender.org, wiki.blender. It's every all over the place. Or lists.blender.org. It's everywhere. So um
1: but even you know, answering the very simple question, like what, what is, is 2.8? Yeah. And that too. Like that's what that page is about, basically. Yeah.
3: Right? yeah. Or what 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 can we expect? Yeah. So um yeah, basically it's going to be a I might even do like an alias, just an easy one to remove. my level slash, I don't know, 2.8 or something. So you could just go there and have everything. Get a download Blender, download the demo files, see what's new, get them, see how can you help, how can you contribute with the development fund or get anything, a, basically.
2: Get a big fat warning that it's not done yet. <laughs> yep.
3: Actually, the download button is red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and the download demo files is green, so... Hopefully that will give some hints, but I, I plan to add the warnings all over the place. Yeah. Um. So that was that was the the, the main thing this week. Then I had also other uh, few little things. Uh, the lies back, mm-hmm. so we can go back to talk about to actual actual two point eight development. So, um, how is the new collections and layers uh, management going to look like? How is it going to work? Um, a lot of uh, little things here and there.
1: The day-to-day stuff.
3: Yeah, even, it, it, even uh, about hand, handling Blender social media stuff also happened this week. We had a little call with people from YouTube how we can make the, the Blender channel better. Um, I don't know, a lot of little things that use time, but... Uh,
1: yeah, and then starting to think about Blender conference. The like, Blender
3: conference, how we're going to handle that, how we're going to make a... How are we going to going to handle the videos, for example, for the conference? Yeah. How it's going to be branded, the well, the website.
1: Um the festival. The
3: festival. <laughs> yeah, the the, the Susanna Awards and then the store, Blender store. Mm. Uh, some tweaks happen. Ah, yeah, we do some year. tweaks
1: to the Blender store. Yeah.
3: It's it's uh, really all over the it's like it's a full time job to maintain what happens on the websites and social media stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't used Blender much, but, <laughs> but actually last night I used Blender for like a full three hours yes? wow. yeah what did you do I was just nothing just uh, seeing that it still <laughs> works I had a, a fresh computer uh, like installed at home so oh. I, mm. I was basically testing it and I couldn't find the amaranth or some other add-on uh-huh. so I have to double check uh, what's happening <laughs> I think is it was removed or something
1: amaranth is been removed from Blender
3: <gasps> no, I don't think so oh,
1: okay. well it was never in
3: it basically so like officially in it so I had the official release
1: okay
3: um <laughs> Well, not even officially. It's not even out there yet. Hmm. We are release candidate number two.
2: Yep. So Interesting.
1: Far. Okay, well. Cool. Thanks for... So, you're
3: welcome. Anytime. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll be hanging out so, here. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> awesome. What do you do this week? Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I, I spent some time... Uh, emails. Uh, yeah, doing emails. <laughs> that's for sure. And... Um, I've been developing a little bit for uh, for the cloud, something that are like only sideways related, but they are, you know, uh, part of Pillar, which is kind of the engine of the uh, of the Blender cloud. And uh, it's just maintenance that at some point needs to be done by someone. So it's really not very, you know, exciting, but uh, I'm very happy that it gets done and overall it improves the quality of the project. So that's especially thanks to Sebren who is willing to spend some time a lot of time, you know, giving feedback and suggestion on how to make things better. And I think that in the end, it's worth it. Yeah. I hope, we hope. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's, really, it's really worth it. So it's
3: basically you're, you're uh, fixing and keep working on the heart of what is Blender Cloud and Attract and Flamenco and yeah. other mm-hmm. upcoming apps. So that is really important, actually. It's like
1: yeah. the yeah. core, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You exactly. did one big thing, right? When today, it, yeah. yeah, 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 that's pretty much what I was talking about. It's something related with the authentication system. So the fact that uh not even the authentic- yeah the authentication system so when you when you want to enter the blender cloud you use the blender id and uh, that is called uh, oauth which means uh, it's it's a protocol it's a standard for providing you know uh, credential access to websites and uh, it was implemented in a very you know simple and direct way only relying on the fact that you would have to have blender id configured so that you can access the system and now it's done a little bit more generic so that the uh, uh, Pillar can actually support different kinds of authentication, so not necessarily only Blender ID, but other things like, for example, Google or Facebook. Which, in the case of the Blender Cloud, is not really something that we want, but for other projects we might want. So it's good to have that in place because, besides being a bit more flexible, it's also a, an improvement of the of the previous implementation that was done a few years ago by me with very little knowledge of how to actually program a computer. So, you know, it's, it's all, it always helps to get back to those things and be like, okay, now how would I actually make it better? So, did you ever imagine uh,
0: coming to a Blender studio, being a Blender artist, to do
1: <laughs> actually this kind of stuff? Like, uh, No, I mean, but I, I don't even know what I came here to, like... It was, <laughs> it, it felt so surreal, you know, coming here for the first time for Tears of Steel as like, do I, am I really actually worth, you know? like You re- did You did animation for did, Tears of Steel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you
3: came uh, with an animation mentor. Animation, grade, so, I was doing
1: yeah. animation, but then mostly, I mean, it was like effects and composite, but I got always immediately so fascinated by the process, like the way of making things and how crappy things are for, you know, two people that want to work together and that have constantly to talk to each other about where the file is instead of you know just <laughs> or, knowing about or people it. trying to
0: render something on the non-existing in-house render farm. Yeah. But <laughs> Which and <is> it's probably <laughs> patched together. So interesting. From shell
1: scripts and stuff. And then yeah, exactly. So that 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 got my that got me even more than I mean I, I didn't even know that was a thing. So that that got me immediately. So in the end, yeah, that's how it all started. But still like I mean it, it, it's great to use Blender. Like some time ago I, I use Blender. I don't. I don't even remember what I was doing. But it was the same thing as power I, like, I, I actually opened Blender and I was doing something with it. Ah, for for Siggraph. That's that's when it was. The, I, yeah. I did, a, I did a stuff, motion yeah. little motion graphic for the um for for the booth like we had this gigantic screen array and just you know to show the program of the demos and actually open blender animated some planes with drop shadows and you know the some 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 light effects and some text and that was, it was like okay actually using blender for doing something and it's so funny because i mean it was very simple but those things never change. So you can always open Blender and animate. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Wait at a mm. uh, release. <laughs> wait until <laughs> 2.8. And that, well, that's what I'm trying to keep up with.
1: Okay, I see. Yeah. But that, that that's important, of course. But um, that, was, that was it. Um, yeah. And uh, then uh, another thing that I've been working on is uh, the uh, Blender Open Movies Art of Book. Book of the Art of the, the Blender Open Movies, the mm. gigantic master collection, <sighs> the master of collection, things. yeah, mm. of the legacy of what we've been doing in the past ten years, uh, almost eleven, and um, so many, like so many artworks, so many concept arts, yeah,
0: pieces that I didn't know that they existed.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's finally coming together. We've been getting, you know, if uh, any anyone listening pre-ordered the book almost a year ago, they were wondering what the hell we've been doing. Actually, you should have received my emails. I made a little mailing list for those uh, fantastic people who backed the project back then to keep them in the loop. Uh, but for anyone who is wondering what is the status of the project, we have uh, all the chapters written, all the art or collected, all the designs and the layouts for the pages done. And we are basically finalizing and doing another pass of design review and in the next Next week or weeks, couple of weeks, it will be sent to the printer. So and that's gonna be, you know, available less than a month later.
0: But this is not really like your regular art off book because we have a couple of those uh, here at the uh, at the studio. Yeah like mostly from Disney and Pixar, and Mm -hmm. they're like
1: like 200 pages, 160? 160
0: pages in average, 160, yeah, and this one is like almost a third more of that. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's 250, 260, maybe it's going to be more. And the most interesting part is, you know, there is a mix. It also shows, it shows a lot of concept art, which is usually the heavy focus of those books, really showing a lot of, uh, you know, uh, development and things that were never ending up in the movie. And we have that too, but uh, there is also... A lot of in development artwork so you actually get to see how some of the CG was made and how some of the things were uh, put together and then there is a very big narrative part that uh, talks about the story of the project which has never been done before like a lot of uh, interview material that has been collected and put together from the people who actually worked on those projects and I think it's a fantastic legacy because some of us still work in the studio very few of us have been here for all the projects actually nobody has been here in Every in single every project, only Ton. Yeah, only hmm. Ton. Exactly. So it's you know having one place that collects kind of that kind that history. It's uh, you know it's great. Not
3: even Ton actually, because uh, Caminandes too. It yeah, wasn't he wasn't involved. here. That's yeah. right. So uh, there is no one that has been involved. Only Blender. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in yeah, this place,
1: like the you know if the walls could talk. But uh, besides uh, that, yeah,
3: I mean, Blender did it. Yeah. 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 So, no, wait. Open uh, Elephant's Dream. Yeah. It wasn't here. It was in Montevideo. <laughs> That's right. So not even the Blender Institute has been involved in all the Blender yeah. movies.
0: Yeah, we movie. well know the lamps here. The lamps yeah. of the Blender Institute yeah? have been around for longer than those. The those, Institute. those, those. chair. I think tons chair and tons, tons uh,
2: desk lamp probably. Oh. Okay, so yeah. that lamp has seen stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. His chair is still from uh, not a number of days.
3: Oh, you can tell. You can tell. <laughs> And and he's like, why don't you get a new one? No, but I like this one. You know, it's yeah. like when when you're a kid and you're like this toy and yeah, want to yeah, let go. Exactly.
0: But, but it's, it's amazing. It's just the the the, the CEO of Blender <laughs> and the whole world, and he's using the the crappiest chair in the whole place. And we all have very nice chairs and they're
1: very ergonomical and stuff. And he just takes care of everyone. He just likes everyone. It. Yeah. yeah.
0: He, he likes the old crappy chair.
1: Yeah. But you know, that actually is a testament to how good that chair actually is because it may lo- look like not much, but it's good. It does it's look good. like not much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's that's the secret. It's like Blender maybe, you know, is all part of doesn't the It doesn't look like much. <laughs> but but, but just, you can just, sit
0: on it. Yeah. For yeah.
1: years and it will still work. So, but yes, uh, we will give you an update hopefully in the next podcast with great news about the book. So that's my uh, my hope. And that being said, I would actually like to move on and ask Sibran what he's been doing, because I think Sibran has been doing a few cool things. Yeah. And uh, before talking about the biggest one, we
2: talk about the second biggest one, which is organizations. Yes. Finally, Thanks. finally, we have support in Pillar. Well, in the source code anyway, we'll, we'll deploy it next week. Yeah. Um, for organizations. So uh, as of... Next week, as an organization, you will be able to pay for any number of seats on the cloud. So if you have a studio of 10 or 20 or 100 people and you want to give all of them cloud access with one subscription, one bill that you pay as an organization, you can. That's as simple as that. How
1: how much does it take? to do that (laughs) two days (laughs) (laughs) so for some reasons you know we are very busy doing other things so you know designing this didn't take two days but no um, but actually to making it yeah yeah so that was that was awesome
0: but is that also going to uh, like support the whole way that for example companies can use uh, project uh, management in the future like is uh, is there going to be like a a project that can be shared between
2: organizations
0: and stuff like that? Uh,
2: in in the end, probably yes. Mm. Um, at the moment, it's just about giving people access. Yeah. So giving people access to the cloud, to Flamenco, to attract the, those kind of things. Uh, and to be able to do that from one subscription and one managed by one person. Uh,
3: So the members of the organization can have their own projects with any other people they want? Yes. Not even related to the organization? Yes, exactly.
2: They will be treated as regular subscribers. Okay, And then they can, of course, share their projects between members of the organization, but also between other people.
3: Oh, that's pretty cool. So, wow, yeah. So they can have their own projects. So that means that they can have their own texture libraries for their own personal use by paid by the company. Yes. Oh, so, yeah, Blenderheads, convince your companies <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> to get you
3: access. That, yeah. That's amazing.
1: The main reason why, like, at least one of the most urgent reasons why we've been doing it is since we released the services on the cloud for cloud subscribers, namely Flamenco and Attract, they are both really geared at you know uh, productions that are larger than one person, especially Attract. Lots of people show the interest in it. And... Of course, they are groups of people, so they want the, their company to to handle that and just to be able to access the uh, you know to give them access to the to the, to to attract without having them to pay, and uh, that's very very important. So that's what we've been uh, prioritizing. So yeah. now any company that is interested in, in getting a render manager or a production tracking software uh, for their uh, employees, they actually can. Yeah. So that's. That's what is definitely possible and actively supported, yeah, so we are already gonna reach out to a few uh companies that uh you know are gonna test this, um, but anyone can already do it. so yep. check out the website next week. yeah, check out the website next week in the services. We will announce it uh, uh everywhere, but uh, yeah, I'm very excited about it because it's really you know making the cloud a production tool. Yeah. in a way, because right now we're really still focusing a lot on individuals and getting individuals to support us, which is still core. It's still super important because that's how we do it. We share the assets of the films. We share the tutorials. So if someone wants to learn and discover how things are done, but now that we have our services out there, it's also time for stepping up the game and trying to get this other part of people that, you know, don't necessarily want to have a tutorial, but they actually want to use the cloud integrated with Blender. Yeah. So
3: Is there any... Um, Different pricing, I guess, for organizations that needs to be resolved. Is it per seat? Is it?
1: Yeah, the pricing will be announced because there are different models uh, based on the number of seats and on the kind of services that you get. So that part, uh, we uh, we will we, we have to work finish working out the details, and uh, we will present it next week. Yes, definitely. But it's it's gonna be convenient for companies, of course. That's the yeah, idea. Of course. Like uh, uh, to. Well, the main convenience
3: is that not every uh, employee has to get a blender id and their own store uh and, well they and
2: do have to get their own blender id because yeah but that's an email not
1: account, but not account like paid. And, yeah yeah exactly. exactly. yes
2: and, and one of the things i'm also quite happy with that it's in there now is that as the admin for an organization you can even give access to people who don't exist in our system yet so you can just copy paste a list of email addresses and the if, if the people with those addresses are already in there they're made a member and the other addresses that are not known yet to to our system they're just they stay there and then after somebody registers with that one of those email addresses they automatically a member of the organization so you can just call, as a as many copy paste the email addresses and tell your employees so just go just, just join just join and then it's set up automatically
3: Or you can add John Lasseter to your team and then just wait for him to log in on the cloud and then you're going to be part of your... There you go. Awesome.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's going to
1: love it. Yeah. Great. Great. And uh, very excited for next week for this to be out there. And, um, okay, three words,
2: scripting for artists. Yes, it's out. What happened? Like, so... Yeah, it's there. Yeah. Uh, People are looking at it and... and I'm changing my shirt. <laughs> Finally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you from, actually have the same shirt for the whole tutorial. Uh, like
2: no, actually video. it's it's three or four, but it looks like one less because I have two copies of the same shirt. Okay. Um, but it's all a little bit in the same style. Wow,
0: that's the amount of continuity.
2: Yeah, well, Zeitraum, the thing is yeah. that I wanted to re-record the intro after the rest was done because I recorded the intro first and then... I got used to recording myself, so I wanted to re-record the intro, and I brought the wrong shirt. So halfway the the recording of that, I well, I told people well, I have to change my shirt now <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> missing continuity. All right. nice. All in the details. Yeah. So wow. it's, it's yeah
1: attention to detail. It's gonna be great. Congratulations on this uh, on this project because it was your your first uh, uh, training yeah. that you made in yeah. the cloud. Of I mean, course. Course, of course, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> have a new, a new, you're naming
3: in the, yeah. in the at the
1: yeah, crowd. and uh,
2: you know that's
1: uh, how. How was that? Uh, how was that experience? Uh,
2: it was nice. At first, it really, really got had to get used to talking to a to a white wall with a tiny webcam and the, and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I got a hang of it, and in the end, I could record pretty quickly and re-record little bits. Um, maybe. I, in another episode of Scripting for Artists, I also want to discuss the actual scripts that I wrote to produce Scripting for Artists. Huh.
1: Meta Scripting
2: wow. for Artists. Wow. Yeah, so meta. Because
1: you actually, you know, besides that, which is, uh, you know, fun to see someone who, uh, I mean, I've done it myself at the beginning to record five minutes of video, it takes you like three days. And yeah. then you can record five minutes of videos in like 15 minutes or yeah. you know less. So that, seeing that progression, that's great. OK, I'm going to make another video. And you go and you actually can predict that you are going to take that much time. But
2: yeah, in, in, I think the last two tech videos that I did were recorded on the same day and done yeah. on the same day. So then you're like, OK, own it. But yeah. next to that, you
1: really stepped up your game in terms of producing the actual thing. So maybe you can you can you can mention how you know like the the recording scripts and the
2: multi-camera all the crazy yeah, stuff that you yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. Well, at first I started with the setup that we already had, which just projects the the image of the webcam on screen, and then the only thing that you do is you record the screen and the audio. So you have one video stream that already has your face in it, and then you have the audio, and. I was a bit afraid of that because it was my first training video, so I wanted to have maximum flexibility. Uh, So instead, I recorded the webcam to a different stream and the webcamless screen capture as a different stream and the audio. So I had one Matroshka file with three different streams in it. And so I took those, loaded them into Blender uh, with the script, of course, and then I have these three streams in Blender so I could mask out my face with a nice circle around it and move, <laughs> it, move it left and right, uh, move the circle left and right.
0: When you're saying stream, like that's the sa- coming from the same file then? Or yes. how does that like work? One so file
3: with three tracks? Yeah, yeah it's like yes. a track. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: crazy stuff. I didn't know that existed. Yeah, well, that's a cool thing about Matryoshka. You can yeah. really plonk anything in it. And because it's one file, you don't have to worry about synchronization. But uh, then Blender doesn't,
0: Fully take advantage of that, and you need a script to import that, or is it supported?
2: Um, it is supported, but if you drag the file into the video sequence editor, you still get one video, one audio track. Yeah. So you have to duplicate the video track and set increase the stream index. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I didn't want to drag and drop all the videos by hand. I wanted to give them a nice name so that the webcam track ends in dot .webcam and the screen grab ends in .screengrab. So of course, all of- the things I would do by hand. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but now you have this. Uh, now I can watch some tutorials yes. and learn how to do it.
1: Yes. Yeah. So that was uh, that was really cool. I think very flexible because yeah. I've I've seen that done in some commercial softwares, but uh, uh, normally, you know. Uh, getting that level of flexibility of where you place your thumbnail and turning it on and off, which in yeah, your case exactly. you do because you have slides, you have Blender screenshots. It's very use- handy
2: yeah. to, to turn things on and off. And it also, with the script, I also added drivers so that I had one scene property that controlled the webcam visibility. So regardless of which video clip exactly was playing, it would uh, respond to that one F curve that controlled the whole visibility of the thing. Hmm. So that was also pretty cool.
1: Nice. So, did you get any reaction from people about uh, the the training?
2: Yeah, yeah. People seem to like it. Uh, some some <laughs> tweets and some comments on yeah. the cloud. Uh, awesome. Yeah, really happy about how. Apparently, I explain it in English, which is <laughs> always a problem. <laughs> Never you know, thought of that. <laughs> well, well, you, you, it's so easy as a as a software developer to talk softwareese instead of English. Yeah. Um, so That's I was point. I was quite afraid that in yeah, the end would lose myself into going back to the softwareies talk that uh that's so common but that was also but, why
1: it was good that you showed it to us bozos so i have no idea about anything yeah. and be like hey so yeah. how's that and, yeah and we're like yes <laughs> so <laughs> that hopefully helps. yeah um, yeah definitely and um so basically in this training you get you go over um you go over the beginning, like if you know, nothing. Then you start. Yeah. Uh, uh, you you start getting a grasp of you know the terms and how to work and what to do with Blender. Yeah. And um, you know what is the last thing that you give to people? You know, in the end. So in the end, what what are people supposed to be able to do? And then what do you want
2: them to do uh, next? In the end, they are able to write a script, say in the Blender text editor, mm-hmm. and run it mm-hmm. and do their automation tasks. And what would be great to go from to do from there is to actually look up how you create your own operator, how you create your own user interface. Um, Luciano was ta- asking me about how to create pie menus, like your your own custom pie menus. I love those things. I have no idea how they work, so mm-hmm. I also would have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I also want to cover, like in a more advanced series, is how to not do what I just taught you, basically. Because we start with the first video about with copy-pasting from the Blender's user interface and calling these operators. But usually there's a faster way of, of doing things. There's just regular Python functions that you can call, which are much faster and can be uh, more convenient to use than these operators. But it's more difficult to explain, and you have to read documentation, mm-hmm. you, have to, you have to have a better grasp of what is programming. So to start... Copy-pasting stuff from Blender's user interface is really easy and and yeah, intuitive because your script is doing the thing that you copy-pasted from the user interface. Um, but there's ways to improve, and that is also what I would love to cover in a, in the next one. So you're
0: definitely going to uh, expand the series and add some yeah. more parts to it.
2: Yeah, season
1: two. Season yeah. two. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's 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 great. I'm really looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, before we uh, wrap this episode up, uh, I have an interview round of questions with one question for everyone. What? Surprise. What? what? <laughs> no. So we can, we can start, we uh, let's see, like, uh, I think uh, I, 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 we can start with Pablo. Why? And, and <laughs> who is uh, eager to, no, okay, the, the question is the same for everyone, which is, what does uh, scripting, like, what is scripting for you? So what does, what does it mean? In, you know, a few words. In a few words.
3: <laughs> what is scripting for me? Um,
1: you know, what do you use it for? And uh, what have you used it for in the past? Uh, and what do you think it's cool about it? And, you know, things in that direction.
3: Well, everything is cool about it, really. It's just, just amazing that you can do, like, instead of moving your mouse and clicking around a million times, you can just do it with code. That's amazing. So I think that's one of the main reasons why I started making my own little Uh, tools especially with once 2.5 was out it was amazing that we could do that then that's why I made a Amaranth that add-on that did that evolved in uh, having little uh, a a bit too many (laughs) maybe and uh, it it became a hobby it became I was doing more of that than anything else than artwork actually I was so uh, into it like it was a hobby, basically. It ended up being, like, it was taking my my, my time. Life. It was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I need to make this face gray. Okay, I'm going to make a script for that. <laughs> <laughs> that like you need to use maybe two times, you know? But um, it's amazing. It's really it is really everything. Everybody should know at least the basics um, because you will see how much can it, and improve your things. And even you can do things that you cannot do in Blender otherwise. Uh, sometimes, um, especially playing with the library system of mm. lender, the linking system, there are things that you just cannot do with the UI that you can with code. So it's worth looking into it and everybody should have a look at this tutorial, at this scripting series and uh, the next ones to come.
1: Yeah. And for artists is also a great way to propose ideas to developers. Like, if you take the time to learn a bit how to script and customize the Blender you know, interface, if you have an idea of how a tool should work or how a certain uh, design or certain configuration of commands could work, you can mock it up with a script, and then you can show it to developers and be like, you know, I imagine this functionality to work like this. Of course, yeah. that you need to be a bit more of an expert, but it's a great way because, you know, between uh, making a mock-up in Python somehow that works and a proper... Uh, implementation in the software. Sometimes there is a big gap between them. So
3: yeah, uh, of course you can you can go as hard as, as complicated as you want. You can. That, I think that's how the animation notes on started. Like it's just a little proof of concept and another one, and now it's huge. Yeah. But you could also, if you have a suggestion in how to improve Lenders UI, for example, you don't have to be an expert in that. You can just right click, edit source, and then you see the how the button is laid out, how that panel is laid out. You can change things and then propose, okay, I, I would think this UI is better, for example, so you don't really have to be an, an expert. You just by copy-pasting and moving things around and then running the script and hopefully it doesn't break, yeah. mm-hmm. that way you can you can already improve. And uh, if you're into more like a, a procedural way of making visuals and stuff, also programming is a, is a great tool for that. Um, maybe not within Blender or maybe with Blender, with GLSL or uh, OSL um, scripts, but like, like scripting is everywhere; it's all over the place, so it's
1: worth checking out. Andy, what is what is scripting for you?
0: Well, to be fair, you guys said more than just a few words about it, so you pretty much covered the whole thing. I'm just gonna sit in my non-scripty chair here and uh, <laughs> not say anything because I don't really do scripting, which is a pity, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of uh, no buts. Yeah, I don't really do scripting. But, no, no, no. no. But, it didn't happen. Never, <laughs> happened. Never happened.
3: How do you... Uh, you do hardware stuff. You have robots at your place. How do they move? You There is scripting there,
0: right? <laughs> they use some sort of script and some sort of ha. software. Yes. Ha. Ha. That's Got scripts. Okay. You see? I don't do any Blender scripting right now, which is sad, really sad, because I should be doing it, um, because that what's, what scripting is for me is... Um, simplifying repetitive tasks, what you said, basically. And um, I confess I have to do a a fair number of repetitive tasks like every week or so. For example, last week. No, this week. No, last week. Um, (laughs) I had to rename 30 floorboards and uh, create a, a rig for each of those floorboards um, and the naming scheme of the rig of the bones uh, should, didn't conform to Blender's naming scheme. So it was floorboard1, floorboard2 instead of floorboard.000, floorboard.001, and so on.
2: If so there only was a scripting tutorial talking about
0: <laughs> the naming of bones. Exactly, yeah, yeah. There really should be. <laughs> so So uh, now it is there and I have to watch it and then hopefully be less stupid.
1: okay Mm. that's uh, it's a it's a good promise we will we will ask you next time if you have more boards to rename Sibran what is uh, what is scripting for you for me well as a seasoned developer that has done
2: more than just a script yeah yeah well like in general programming is uh, I think a way to to focus like what Andy also said, like to get rid of the repetitive tasks, uh, the mind numbing stuff that you just have to repeat over and over again. Uh, to be able to put that into a script and not think about it anymore, and then I can think about the fun stuff that's <laughs> interesting. Until that also turns repetitive, and then <laughs> hey, it's a script again, and then <laughs> you just need to do it twice, and then you, uh, you know.
1: just keep doing it. Yeah yeah cool what's scripting for you then exactly sorry (laughs) well now that i had all this time to think about it um it's a way for me at least when i discovered that that you can that you can do it um you know it's 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 a way to help not just yourself but also to help others and that's the part that i find the most interesting because if it would just be for myself i think i would be uh, uh, you know renaming things by hand or wouldn't even be bothered by it um, but finding a way to uh, to optimize and seeing the optimization value also fall out on other people that's the most interesting part about scripting because it's not just about automating but also uh, really e- extending your power because you can really give, give it to others and that helps them too and the, the Collaborative nature of that, and you know, merging this process or working with another person on that same aspect. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, oh, I'm doing step A, step B, and step C, and now I make a tip that optimizes it. I actually can express this in a language, and then someone else can look at it, and we can talk about it in that language. And then this person can just say, but you can just do A and C, B is not really needed, and you're okay, I learned something. But on (laughs) top of that, your script gets also better. So the the nature of, uh, you know, programming and collaborating, and how that gets together, and really... Become, allows you to become more than what you can do by yourself. That's, I think, the best part about about scripting and programming in general. Wow. So, yeah. Hey, Amen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, time to wrap things up. If you have any question about scripting, uh, if you have any question about uh, organizations in the cloud, the dweebs. Talking about questions, there was one question oh. on the last podcast. Yes. Really? I have no
0: idea because I don't have. My here, uh, hey guys, I have
3: a few questions for you. never mind then. Yeah, Armando Tello says uh, it's kind of long. I'm gonna read it all.
1: Yeah,
3: (laughs) pressing a key by mistake in Blender is scary, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it is. Since almost every key and does something, uh, every key you press does something. So, uh, making custom shortcuts also feels like you're breaking the matrix. Is there a way to find out which keys uh, or key combos are free?
0: Oh but, I always struggle with um,
3: that. Yeah, there yeah. is uh in the, um, <laughs> in the creative, user <laughs> preferences in the user preferences in the input section you can see all your shortcuts, right? Or you see all the yeah. the commands and everything all the for for your keymap. Um there is a filter where you can filter by name or you can filter by shortcut. So you can just type it there and if it's not assigned then yes. There's no way to see if they're free but you just type it there if it's not being used you can. Yeah.
2: You can and also, Pi menus help with this. Pi menus? Yeah, because, um, for example, you have Z, Shift-Z, uh, Control-Shift-Z, uh, and they all do pretty much the same thing. They change the, the render mode of your viewport. Mm. Um, but if you have Pi menus activated, you can just press Z, and then you get the Pi menu, and you choose which one you want. I disabled that. <laughs> I love it, also because it frees up your, uh, your key map. Well, actually... Disclaimer: I uh, I shift between
0: wire fr- wireframe and uh, shaded a lot, so I leave that to Z. But Alt all Z is the Pi menu, and I use it all the time. Hmm. So that is you use handy. it Alt the time. Alt the time. Yes, hmm. Alt Z
3: is in is in that for cycles render.
0: No, that's Shift well. Z. Alt
3: Z. That's only render. No, and that's on the Alt Shift, Alt-Z Alt-Z. used Z. to
0: be like uh, material preview or texture preview
2: at some point. Yeah, and this is why uh, I, yeah. I love render.
3: The, uh, no, sorry, the material preview. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> this is why those prime menus are great because uh, you just have to remember Z or Alt Z is something yeah. with just sh- press them all.
3: The, <laughs> also, yeah. I have doesn't... only render attached to Shift Alt Z or something. Hmm.
1: So everyone then customize it the way. But I think I, I see your point, and I think that's an interesting way to go. But I think it would also be great to have something that allows you to see, indeed, okay? That, that the registry that you're talking about in what? the preferences, that's very handy that you can search by. Yeah, yeah, by,
3: by, and we have it, so yeah, it's nothing so to do
0: there. Awesome. You, you can make on. a nice little uh, keyboard <laughs> uh, graphic keyboard. <laughs> or something like that and uh, show which keys are taken.
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. It should
0: be possible and s- mm, to script it. Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. Well, 2.8 is going to have new key maps anyway. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think. I mean, we've been talking about it forever and we're... Nobody has done it yet. Nobody has done Nobody it, it yet. So it's, it's still there. Yeah. Um. Next. Next question, uh, the same by Armando, Ar- Armando Tello. Mm-hmm. Is there a toggle or add-on to have the sculpt brush show the orientation angle of the face? So, you know, when you're sculpting or... Um, you have a, the, the brush, but if he's asking if there is an adder or anything that will make it um, have the orientation of the face normal, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. Not that I know. There is a few addons that do that. I think the, the Ritopo addon uses that. Uh, like, it moves the brush around.
0: Um, but also, that comes from the fact that programs like uh, ZBrush and like they do... Two different types of uh, well painting, I guess. They do projection painting, which is what we have in Blender, and also like the surface painting where the brush is actually oriented to the surface, and yeah. which is why it's handy to have that display. And Blender doesn't do that anymore since a couple of since 2.5, I think. Uh, it all, it only did,
3: we used to have that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it was super
0: made. slow, and uh, yeah. then they took it away because it, nobody ever used it and it's, it's all just protection painting. So there's really no need to display that, but
3: uh yeah. Well, it was kind of handy understand. though, that protection yeah. painting when it was not there Well, the
0: the non the non non protection painting. Yeah, yeah, that's like I I really missed that.
3: Yeah, it was so fast. Yeah. Um but no, there's not that I know at least. So if you know of anything. just Yeah. Leave a comment
2: be below. possible with within new widget system I, I guess, but mm-hmm. I yeah. have no idea who is going, working on that at the moment. I think Campbell took Widget system yeah.
3: Uh, manipulators. Yeah, Campbell. Yeah. Um, uh, not anymore, I think. In the last, uh, in the last meeting, uh, the meeting notes, I think it was mm. going to go to another project. I don't, okay. Okay. I'm not sure. That's it for all the questions on the Blender Cloud. Okay, well yeah. then,
1: thank you very much for the question. If you have more, we are always happy to answer. And uh, thanks for tuning in and yeah. uh, see you next time. Yeah. See you next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, bye. Bye.
0: bye. You've been listening to the Blender Animation Studio Podcast. Brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Do you want to become a Python master? Grab your snake firmly on the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org. What? What?